As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Rick Renner. And again, it's just me and Mr. Joel Renner. Hey, Joel. Well, it's just me, Joel Renner, and my dad, Rick Renner. You know, Joel, for the sake of our home group, would you please tell our home group what you do in our ministry? In our ministry, I've done many things, but my official title is CEO, which means Chief Everything Officer. <laughs> Joel. But really, that's kind of what it's like. You know, you do what you need to do. And so in our ministry, right now, I'm in charge of our U.S. office in our English-speaking work. And that's what I do. I just work with Dad to spread the gospel, either in writing, broadcast, uh, public speaking, any way necessary, just to facilitate Social the work media. of the gospel. Social media. You know, our ministry, um, we have, what, 250 employees? Yes. That's our offices in America, Russia, Ukraine, England, all over the place. And Joel, you're really helpful in organizing and overseeing all of it. We have our Tulsa base, our American ministry, which is the TV program. We own a Russian-speaking satellite network, 24 hours, seven days a week, to 83 nations of the world. That's an amazing thing. We have a media aspect, which helps us to broadcast other preachers of the gospel. We have our church ministry. We have our association ministry. We have our online church, which has over 200,000 people that are involved. It's a lot. And I want, I want you guys to know that you're a part of. Many people are just hungry for the Word of God. You know, they don't get the Word of God like you do. That's not available just everywhere. And people are starving for answers. They don't find answers in their TV. They don't find answers in the news. They don't find answers in economics. They need answers from the Word of God. And what's available to you is not available to everybody. And you as a partner, you're a part of our ministry, spreading the Word of God both near and far to as many people as possible. Amen. And I just do my part, which is the English language of our ministry. We have many languages that we work in. And that's what I do. I just help spread the gospel to the American and English-speaking audience. So what are all these products in front of us? These products are to refugees. Right now, I've read that there's never been so many refugees in the world before. In the conflict that's going on right now, there are so many refugees. And we are just busy getting these relief packages, which contain food items, uh, cooking hygiene. and hygiene items, blankets, clothing, many things. And we just get these out to those refugees. That's what we're doing. If you want to be a part of helping those refugees, please go to reno.org, make a donation to that project, and we will definitely make sure those people are helped. But also in these, in these relief packages, we have Bible, 91st Psalm, and a book on salvation. We're not just feeding people physically. We're actually feeding them spiritually. And we're believing for a great harvest of souls Amen. during this time. Amen. When life settles down, I hope it really does, I believe a lot of these people are going to contact us and say, hey, that Bible you gave me took me through really hard times. And as a partner, you're a part of that. And we want to say thank you. Thank you so much for all you've done and for all that you do. So many ways you help our ministry. But this week on the regular TV program, I'm doing a series called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we saw yesterday that... Many people think that the verse says that when you pray in tongues, it charges your faith. And you know what? There's a truth to that. 
But that's not what Jude verse 20 means. Well, then what does it mean? But ye beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, he's really talking about two different things there. And if you pray in the Holy Ghost, something else happens. And that's what we're going to see today. But you can order this by going online or by giving us a call. And Joel comes with a study guide. I love the study guides because we put so much work into the study guides. And Joel, we're also offering that book. Your book, Last Day Survival Guide. And I really think we are in those days. Oh, we are. And how do you survive? What are some practical things you can do in these times? And yes. that's what this book is about. Somebody wrote to me just yesterday and said, I'm really dealing with depression. I said, why? They said, the world is falling apart. Everything that's going on is just so depressing. I thought, they need to read Last Day Survival Guide. Mm -hmm. First of all, the Holy Spirit foretold everything that's happening. And friends, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I want to tell you truthful news is going to get worse. But it's not going to get worse for us. We're anointed. We can handle this. We just need to know how to get through it. And that's why I wrote that book. It's a very good book. Hey, but if you need prayer, reach out to us. We want to pray for you. But open your Bibles to Jude, verse 20, the book that most people just skip right over. And today we're going to come back to verse 20. And in Jude, verse 20, there's just 25 verses to this little epistle. He says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Even the word but in this verse is important because it is the conjunction day, which here is intended to draw a comparison. What comparison? Well, verses 1 to 19, he's been talking about people that have become reprobate in their faith. They become apostate. Mm -hmm. But now he comes to verse 20, he says, but on the other hand, I'm convinced of better things of you. My friends, I know you want to stay anchored in your faith. And likewise, Jude was telling his readers, I know you don't want to get off track, but ye, my beloved, and the word beloved, again, the Greek word agapatoi, which is a form of the Greek word agape, which describes something that you want to love and cherish. You don't even have words to ex express how deeply you love it. And this describes the love of God. Well, in the New Testament, there are several words for love. There's phileo. Phileo is what I call a friendship love, but it's kind of a low-level love. It means I'll pat you as long as you pat me back. But the day you stop patting me, I'm out of here. It's a mutual thing. Agape love just loves. It has no strings attached. But then there's another love called storgas. That's a love that is only shared by members of a family, and it's good, but it's kind of selfish because you don't share it with anybody else. Then there's the word eros, a sexual word, which describes erotic love. And it's interesting, that word's never in the New Testament. Mm. Isn't that amazing? But then you come to the word agape, which is the high level, God kind of love, a love that just appreciates and just loves, 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 loves. It is an inexpressible, indescribable love. And that is the word Jude now uses to describe his readers. It's the equivalent of saying, I don't know how to express everything I feel for you, so I'm just going to call you beloved. And then he says to them, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, building up is an architectural term. It does not mean to charge like a battery. I've heard that for years. It does not mean that. It means to build on top of like an architect or builders who begin with a foundation and they build on top of it. Well, if all you have is a foundation, well, the job's not finished. But if you try to build a building without a foundation, you're going to get in trouble. 
but you have to begin with a foundation. And once your foundation is really set in place, then you can begin to expand. Then you can begin to go upward. And now Jude is saying, friends, it's right for you to go up, but you got to make sure that you're rooted and you're anchored in your foundation. Build on top of, he calls it, your most holy faith. And in Greek, there's a definite article, which means the faith. We're not just talking about faith for miracles or faith for healing or faith for things. We're talking about the most holy faith. My friends, we're talking about your Bible. Your Bible is not optional. It wasn't so long ago that I heard a well-known Christian leader say, if you've based your faith on your Bible, you've based your faith on a house of cards. Well, you know what? I would not attend that man's church. He said the Bible is just written by people. It just has opinions and ideas and emotional expressions. I'm telling you, everybody ought to leave that man's church. It is the most holy faith. It is non-negotiable. One of the problems that Jude was dealing with is people were negotiating the faith. They were negotiating it. And Jude says, stick with your faith and build on top of your faith. Make sure your faith is in place. And as I told you yesterday, if you don't know all about the faith and the non-negotiables, go online and get my series called Foundations of Faith. It will help you. But then he says, your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. But first, let me give you the RIV of this verse to this moment. It would be, on the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know to express how deeply I love and cherish you. You must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith. Then he adds praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Well, the word praying, the Greek word pros eukomai, depicts one who draws very, very near to God to make an offering. He's talking about come as near to the Lord as you can, praying in the Holy Ghost. The word in in Greek is the little preposition in, which means in, inside, located inside, and gives the impression of one who's praying in the realm and in the control of the Holy Ghost. And of course, it can include praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Well, when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, we're told that he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That word edify means to expand. Just like a house, if you had a, a house and suddenly you've realized, you know, our family's gotten too big, we don't fit here anymore, we need to knock the walls out, we need to make the room bigger. That's what this word edify means. And Paul says, when you pray in tongues, you literally begin to expand your spiritual capacity so that you can receive more. That's a good reason for anybody to pray in tongues, Joel. Absolutely. You know, if I ever feel like I come to a roadblock and I can't understand something, I take a pause and I begin to pray in tongues because I really understand this verse that when I pray in tongues, I increase my capacity to receive more. I think it's interesting that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, that he prayed in tongues more than anybody. He so increased his spiritual capacity by praying in tongues that he was able to write more of the New Testament than anybody else. By praying in tongues, you expand your capacity to receive more and more and more and more and more insight. My friends, we need to pray in the realm and in the control of the Holy Ghost, but wait, there's something else. 
The verse goes on to say in verse 21, Now, these numbers in this verse were not supplied by the Holy Spirit. People separated these verses, number 20, number 21. For the reader. For the reader. But verse 21 is a continuation. And it tells us what happens if you pray in the realm of the Holy Ghost. It goes on to say, keep yourselves in the love of God. The word keep would be better translated, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Wow. And so that word keeping really pictures the image of a guard who's hovering over something that he's been entrusted to protect and to keep. And now we're told that when we pray in the realm of the Holy Spirit, we are hovering over the love of God in our lives and we will keep ourselves in the love of God. Isn't that powerful? Which means if you need to experience more of the love of God, pray in tongues. Mm -hmm. It will keep you in the love of God. If you're having a hard time loving somebody else, pray in tongues. It will keep you in the love of God. That is a benefit of praying in the Spirit. And the Bible says if you don't know how to pray, which that happens, yep. pray in the Spirit. And then it says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Looking for the Greek word prosdekomai. It describes a hope or an expectation or one so expectant that he's ready to embrace, to gladly welcome, to fully and completely take something without reservation or without hesitation. We're really talking about faith. When you pray in tongues, it energizes your expectation. So praying in tongues keeps you in the love of God, helps you to walk in love. Praying in tongues energizes your faith. It creates in you an expectation to take whatever it is that God is offering you. And it says, for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the word mercy, the Greek word elios. What is mercy? It is a divine compulsion to do something for somebody else to change their situation. Huh. And I want to give you the RIV of this verse. Listen to this. On the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know to express how deeply I love and cherish you. You must intentionally, and so this word intentionally is really important. You don't build on top of a foundation by accident. Mm -hmm. You must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith and be constantly drawing near as you pray in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 21, and as you pray in the Holy Spirit, vigilantly keep yourself in the inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable love of God and be reaching out to embrace and lay hold of the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that extends even into the vast expanse of eternal life. That's amazing. So Jude was concerned about readers that were abandoning their faith, changing their faith. He says, not you. I'm convinced better things of you. I'm writing to you to encourage you, beloved. You stick with your faith. You build on top of your faith. Intellectually, you give yourself to your faith. Spiritually, you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And it's interesting that we have to do both. We have to intellectually stay rooted in our faith and spiritually we need to pray in tongues. You have to do both. We're not just a soul. We're not just a spirit. We're soul. We're spirit. We live in a body. You need to use your brain to stay rooted in your faith. Use your spirit to pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, you literally keep yourself in the love of God. 
and your faith is energized so that you begin to expect God's power, His mercy to be extended to you. Joel? I know that we're going to talk about this tomorrow, but I really like the next verse. Verse oh, 22. Oh, it's wonderful. Show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. I think wow. that's very powerful. Well, the King James Version says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. And I love that verse, but we're going to deal with it tomorrow. That's right. But hey, let's stick with our Bible. Let's pray in tongues. Those two things will keep you anchored in your faith. Do them both. Use your brain and use your spirit, both. Father, we thank you that we can be together today and be reminded that we need to build on top of the non-negotiables of Scripture. And spiritually, we need to pray in tongues, keep ourselves in the love of God, and activate our expectation for your mercy and your word to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.